Welcome into the official. As always, we have a great show for you this week. And we are, we've already dove down into some of the sleepers. We had a three-star special two weeks in a row. Um, But a lot of those guys still were going power five. Um, And, you know, we were picking three-star guys we thought could be really productive and maybe even have an NFL potential. And this week, however, we're diving all the way down. G5 special. We are going to only go to guys who are committed to a G5 school. And just bear in mind, this means probably the best you're going to expect is, uh, you know, high-end college fantasy production, unlikely to be NFL guys, uh, just by the nature of going to G5. But we are diving all the way down to G5 only recruits and giving you what we think are the best of the best. This is the official. Here we go. G5 special. I mean, for the true sickos, this is this is what we love, right? This is like our favorite, probably our favorite episode outside of maybe the freak list episode. Because we get to just throw out rankings out the window. We get to throw out worrying about the NFL out the window. And just like the most fun three-star G5 guys, we're going to go through G5 fantasy producers um, and just before we get started, a reminder, I do not have a home field shirt on today. Obviously, I've got like an actual collared shirt um, left over from my work day. But uh, just a reminder, check out homefieldapparel.com. It has uh, really excellent college football apparel uh, from Colorado School of Mines all the way up to Alabama and every school in between, uh, usually with a vintage retro look, very comfortable, very great uh, fitting stuff. So shirts, pants, hats. Uh, I think some hoodies, really nice stuff, homefieldapparel.com. And when you purchase your first um, your first purchase from them, type in Campus2Kenton, that with the number two, Campus2Kenton, uh, and the promo code get 15% off. It's that simple. And also, of course, check out Campus2Kenton.com for all your college football, NFL, fantasy football needs. Membership starting at just $2.99 gets you uh, Amazing tools you can't find anywhere else. Looking at college fantasy production, measuring it up against other players historically. So you can, you know, you can plot, I don't even know, Devonta Smith versus Julio Jones or uh, Jermaine Burton, guy just came to my mind from Alabama. Plot him against Devonta Smith and Julio Jones and see who had the better Alabama career. Helps you put in perspective when you're thinking about drafting those guys in your dynasty league. All different ways to use those tools, but that tool specifically is even available at the $2.99 option. So, uh, and then it goes up from there if you want more bells and whistles. Without further ado, welcome in my guys, Matt and David. And uh, are you excited to get into some like just sicko mode stuff with G5 recruits here? Yeah, absolutely. This is not a show for uh, the Debbie people out there. No, I'm not gonna like it. Not a not a show for the faint of heart. I mean, we're gonna be talking about guys going to like North Texas. Miami, well, I mean, the Ohio. first, the first, all of our consensus first pick, though. Yeah, I, I, did, I think legit, we all yeah. see. Outside. That's probably the highest in G five guy that we'll have. Uh, I'm gonna bring up our top ten. So we put top ten. These are all the positions. 
Not we're not gonna do 10 quarterbacks, 10 running backs, 10 receivers. We just do top 10 all positions. I don't think anyone has a tight end in there. I'll be honest, I've not looked at G5 tight ends. Um, no. but by the end of the cycle, I think we'll get there. But yeah, not yet. Um, and we're gonna just share this thing. Okay, so this is our top tens here. And we have a consensus number one. Jamari Colley going to SMU, which is a premium landing spot in the G5. He's also, I think, a 24-7 composite top 50 receiver. So he's pretty highly ranked anyway, especially when you're, you know, putting it in the context of G5. Matt, I'll just go to you first. He's your number one. He's all of our number one. What do you like about Colley? And then uh, David, chime in, and we'll play some tape here. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about him last week, but uh, I, I really like him as a downfield uh, jump ball deep threat type. Uh, you can see him. He just consistently wins Contesta a lot. Um, he probably doesn't have an awesome mile per hour time. I don't think we currently have one in the database, but I think he's deceptively fast, like a guy that'll hit a second gear mid like go route and then you know create some late separation, which uh, really showed out in my uh, charting for him, which he did great in our charting. So that's something I like to see. He, he, I think he has legitimate NFL upside, and then SMU is just you know not only a great spot for developing wide receivers, but uh, for getting their wide receiver one and two, uh, great production. Legitimate NFL upside. David, you concur? You have him as your number one. Anything to add? Yeah, I agree with all that. I, yeah, I just think his play strength is probably his biggest thing. Um, yeah, I think given his size and everything like that, like I think the NFL will be interested. And SMU is just like the strongest G5 going, like one of the strongest G5 schools there is. I imagine they're probably gonna be looking at joining a um, a power five at some point soon. I have I don't know I don't really follow all the conference realignments too closely, but I imagine they'll be upgrading relatively soon. It seems like they would be knocking on the door of of getting of going uh, P five. I agree with you. Um, so maybe you know the last year we'll get to put in SMU as as a G five school. So I they're right on the cusp. All right, so moving on, I think we all agree, Kali probably the premium G5 commitment, at least right now. And after that, we do see some differences along the way. So I'm just going to basically go down the line. We're going to go one by one. Um, but going back to Matt here, a guy we have mentioned before, I believe when he committed to Colorado State, we kind of tacked him on at the end of an episode. But tell us about Jordan Ross. He's your number two G5 player here. Yeah, I'm surprised neither of you uh, ended up having him. I, I understand, you know, from a film perspective, not exciting. But we have to turn off, you know, our NFL upside brain here. He's the second highest rated recruit Colorado State has ever gotten. Highest rated recruit Norvell in general as a head coach has ever gotten. So I, I like his path to starting early and being a multi-year starter. Probably stays for four years. Uh, there's not a lot of guys in front of him. I mean, they have Justice Ross Simmons will be next up after Horton leaves. But, uh, I mean, that's not going to interfere with him, really. And uh, I, I think the offense is going to likely be, you know, even better than it was last year. Uh, Norvell was much more successful at Nevada, which, you know, it's not a huge uh, competition-level upgrade between those two schools. So I think with another year in the system and, uh, you know, the quarterback that I also have my list going to Colorado State later on uh, really helps project a good future for that offense, I think. Okay, very nice. I, I agree. And we're just going to kind of go fast forward here um, because we do have a lot of names to get through. But there you go. Jordan Ross going to Colorado State. 
Um, and we know that's a fantasy points, you know, place to look for G5. David, Jalen Washington running back to Southern Miss. Is he the heir apparent to, uh, you know, Frank Gore Jr. who's currently there? Uh, yeah, that's the hope. Um, he kind of, he, he popped for me right away with his running style. He's got like a real sturdy lower body. He squats like 550. Um, I thought his change of direction was real good. His top end is is good enough, I feel like. Um, I think the main knocks on him would just be like he doesn't catch a lot of passes and he's coming off an ACL injury. So we'll we'll see how he bounces back from that. But he's got good feet. Um, and just like you said, like Frank Gore was able to produce real well in that system. They like to run the ball quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping for pretty good production there. See that he's pretty slippery. Um, and also has – in some of the other highlights, he, he showed some pretty good power too because he's like real low to the ground. Yeah, I've um, got him at – I think he's like 5'8", 195, uh, which is yeah. scout. I had the exact same thing. The short area looks really good. He can make you miss in a phone booth. Uh, I thought he, – he basically just missed my top ten, so I liked him quite a bit. He's in, uh, my, gonna... he's in my top 10, too, actually. 2,000-yard oh. rusher. Yeah, he's uh, someone we both have. Okay. Uh, I missed – oh, yeah, you're a little lower down, number eight. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. The, the ACL is kind of like The ACL is concerning, though. He, it it was bad enough that Southern Miss did pull the offer until mm. uh, he came out and did well at their camp this summer. So uh, okay. he's still like 80%, he said. So we'll, we'll right. see how he does this year. Hopefully, you know, get that. Back. I think, yeah, because the, the tape is pretty exciting. And I'm going to go with DJ Williams uh, headed to Ball State. Um, he does hit uh, – let me double check here. I don't want to say it wrong, but I think he's kind of got some long speed here. I don't think we have a miles per hour. Good change of direction. I talked to uh, Alan True uh, of 24-7, kind of friend of uh, our, our website. He does the Midwest recruiting for 24-7. And I just kind of threw that name out there. He's like, oh, yeah, I like DJ Williams quite a bit. So kind of some confirmation there. Headed to Ball State. I mean, you know, any of these Mac schools I'm fine with because, you know, they can just explode at any given moment. And there's not a lot of defense in the Mac. So I like the landing spot because I kind of like any Mac landing spot for the most part. Uh, and I just think when you go to these schools, if you're the best player, you're going to play. I mean, you know, period. And I think he's probably one of the more athletically gifted guys on that depth chart. I really liked what I saw from his tape. Uh, I don't think we have a miles per hour, unfortunately, 20, but he looks about 21. 21 flat. Okay. So it's 21. Pretty good. That's going to, that's going to play in the G5 for sure. That plays for kind of anywhere. I like him. He's close to 200 pounds as well. I mean, you know, so it's kind of like not that hard of an equation there to see some potential. Uh, all right. Moving back to Matt Marshall Sanders. Uh, headed to Fresno State, which we like that offense, what they've been able to do recently. Tell us about about him. Yeah, so I've been looking at him a little bit for a little bit now, as I thought he was going to go to uh, Oregon State, where their depth chart is pretty open too. Uh, but he is a big slot guy, uh, good down the field, good after the catch. I and mean, Fresno State is a pretty awesome spot for just you know the passing production and. Uh, their depth chart's pretty weak at the moment. They don't really have you know any anybody there for the future, at least. Uh, he's the eighth highest recruit in Fresno State history, which is uh, another solid uh, stat for him just to uh, help you know ingrade himself into their uh, system. I, I think he could produce early and uh, 
He really reminds me of like a Parker Washington type, the big slot downfield, good to the catch. Uh, probably doesn't have that level of Devy upside now, especially going to G five though. Right, but I mean, yeah, I would take a Parker Washington in G five for the for the CFF, like you're saying. Um, all right, not bad. Sounds- David David has him too, notably coming up here, um, number four. That's right, that's right. So we won't have to double up on Marshall Sanders. You guys both like him quite a bit, David. UNLV. You can't like the landing spots. You must really like Caden. Whoa, McGee. whoa, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, we yeah. like the UNLV. So, I mean, Kyle Williams got, was okay mm-hmm. for a couple of years. The, the new system this year, man. So, all right, I, tell us about just inform me and our listeners because I, I actually do, I don't really know what to expect exactly, but from everything I read, that Brendan Marion coming in there to be the offensive coordinator, he wants to. He wants to run something similar to what he had, what he played in at Tulsa in like 2007, 2008, which was like crazy paced um, offense. They they ran like 80 plays a game. So listen, we'll see what we'll see what the offense looks like this year. If if, if that isn't the case, then I'll I'll bump this guy down. But I, I like McGee. I think he's one of the more fluid guys um, of receivers that I looked at from the G5. I thought he had good ball skills. I, I thought his route running was pretty good considering he he's a three-sport athlete, so he's not focused on football year-round. Um, I just like, you know, learning from Brennan Marion. Everyone everyone talks about how he's such a good developer of receivers in general. So, uh, you know, it's probably a little aggressive to have him this high, but UNLV doesn't have a whole lot of receivers there. They haven't recruited very well there either. It could be if their offense takes off, it could be a hot a hot transfer spot though. So he could just get kind of leapfrog a little bit. But um, there's enough like positive indicators for him. I feel like. All right, Caden McGee, and honestly, you educated me on the UNLV coaching change. I don't think I was up to date on exactly that. So good to know. All right, moving on to my number three, and this guy's very, very fun. I, I think NFL upside is probably, probably pretty limited. I think any G5 QB, it just rarely happens. But I'm going to go with Clayton Dees here. Now, this is a guy that real analytics, now that's a good throw. That's a really fun throw. The biggest question mark with Dees before I get into it is, does he have a noodle? Like, I'm not sure if he's got a legitimate arm, but he played baseball for a, a while. Real analytics you know, has him clocked at a pretty good miles per hour. I don't know if these clips will show his running ability, but he's a legitimate threat as a runner. And he does have the ability to kind of run around and create uh, on the run and the ability to kind of have a quick release. He doesn't even need to take a step often. And maybe he'll kind of learn to step into his throws and maybe he'll add a little power because at times it does look like he's got a bit of a noodle. But He's exciting. He can make plays. He's going to FIU, which, you know, they're devoid of most talent anyway. So uh, I also not, think he not could a be QB. a visor. Huh? Not, not a QB. Remember, I we were just talking we, we Keown. We liked their QB last year. Yeah, we did like their QB last year. I'm, I'm still um, on Keown Hive. I almost drafted him in the league. Almost. Almost. Yeah, well, it's hard almost. to go with, with an FIU player in general. But, um, you know, I think um, – he honestly could be a late riser and gets gets a better offer eventually. I think you know FIU is one of the first uh, power or uh, FBS schools to maybe even offer him. He was completely off the radar, like zero star, unranked, uh, and then Real Analytics kind of was tweeting about him and saying he had some good in game athleticism. Um, 
and he should get some offers than he did and he committed, but we still have six months uh, roughly, I guess, until signing. And so he could be a guy who winds up somewhere else too, but I think he's interesting and kind of fun and uh, we'll see. Uh, if maybe he learns a little more mechanics, takes football, puts that at the top of his priorities, maybe he'll actually develop that arm a little bit. All right, at least that's what I'm hoping for. Matt, a guy you love, we were talking in the chat, and you were just gushing uh, on a guy who, you know, when I see a name that I, I recognize, I mean, I think in our brain we say, oh, Carmelo, you're good at sports because of Carmelo Anthony. So, like, Carmelo Mays, and he's going to Georgia Southern. Tell us about him because that's a premium fantasy landing spot. Yeah, I couldn't convince either of you to get on board with me with him, but I, I haven't graded out super high. I, I think he might have, you know, maybe a tiny bit of NFL upside, but, you know, we're hoping for day three with these guys anyway. Right. So not anything really there. But Georgia Southern, I mean, it's hard to imagine a better G5 spot at the moment. Uh, he can come in. I like him more than the other two Georgia Southern wide receiver commits currently in uh, Ziggy Holiday and Keon Davis. I think he easily clears them. But even if he doesn't, that offense can easily sustain uh, two wide receivers anyway. So I'm not overly concerned. I, I think he can go play on the outside there, win a lot of deep balls, and, uh, yeah, produce pretty often and early, hopefully. Yeah, I definitely think he can, you know, he's a bigger guy, if I remember correctly, and I think he can definitely kind of win on the outside, especially in the G5. But And he had some good separation ability. I took a look at him. He just didn't quite make it uh, for me, but but he was an interesting prospect for sure. All right, Marshall Sanders for David. We've already talked about him. So uh, no offense, but you'll have to take, uh, take a lap here as I move on to Zachary Widener. Going to Coastal Carolina, listed as an athlete, but I'm pretty sure reading the tea leaves, he's going to play receiver. This dude, uh, as a junior for his high school, was like just an all-purpose everything. You see here at end of round, uh, I think he had over nearly 50% market share. Uh, as a receiver, they did not throw the ball very much. I think they only had like 800 or 900 passing yards on the season, but he had over half of those uh, and over half the touchdowns. And then also had fourth most rushing yards on the team with like a 17% rushing market share, punt returns, kick returns. And I'm pretty sure he's got a 10, 600 meter under his belt uh, on the track. So he's a really good athlete. And going to Coastal Carolina, I know they've lost uh, Jamie Chadwell, but, you know, I just think they've identified players in the past, and he seems like a very exciting offensive weapon for Coastal Carolina. So he's going to make my list here. And he's not even that small. Like he's – what? He just missed for me too. I like him. Yeah, yeah I actually I mean, like him he, too. Dave and I were just talking about him like last week. Well, I'm and the only one who had the – who had the gall to put him? They're they're also head. getting another interesting guy and in, uh, Jalen Harris. So that kind yeah, of I, I like him getting too, both actually. of them kind of pushed them both down for me. But I, I like he's fringe close to making my list though. I do like him. All right, Matt, you're gonna get the first crack at a guy. I think we might all have. I guess no, David, David doesn't. doesn't. I I, but, I couldn't get David on board. I tried to convince him. I have this guy too, and uh, yeah, he's super fun, Micah. Alejado um, going to Hawaii. I think he might originally be from Hawaii. I'm not sure. I feel like I saw some graphics I, I do that said coming that. home or something at some point. Yeah, I think he committed. is. Okay. Uh, but he is very fun. You know, we'll just get out there in front of it. He's like 5'10, 160, I think, on on three. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're going to address that, I'm sure, when you talk about it. But super fun guy. Uh, let's go with Alejado here. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he is definitely very tiny. His arm is not, you know, overly impressive. Uh, I do not think either of those matter at all when we're talking CFF. Like, we've seen people smaller with worse arms produced there. So I, I don't think it matters. Going to Hawaii, which last year they had a rocky start under the new coaching staff. This year they're implementing their run-and-shoot offense. Should be extremely productive there. You know, hopefully 4,000-yard passers. And uh, they're weak at quarterback. I mean, he could come in and start year one and potentially four or five years, depending on eligibility. Uh, he's got rushing upsides, you can see there. Starting quarterback for Bishop Gorman, one of the premier programs in the country. Uh, you know, Usually, the significant talent gap between who he's playing versus his team, but I still think he's pretty good uh, and definitely good enough to produce uh, at that level. And also a max preps All-American which uh, at quarterback, which there is a decent trend there. Majority of them do end up going P5. Uh, I think the last notable one that didn't is uh, Kellen Moore, who went to Boise State and also was you know, a very high-end producer. So I, I just think he's the perfect like CFF dynasty pick. You know, A guy with zero NFL upside, but uh, someone that could produce for you very highly for several years. And he's going to be a yeah last-round pick, probably a free mm-hmm. agent. I don't even think he'll be drafted in most freshman drafts. So, you know, the other thing is – like 3,500 yards and 54 touchdowns for Bishop Gorman through the air. I know he added a lot, a decent amount on the ground. Like he, he's very, very exciting uh, as a player. Uh, his size, like you said, I mean, probably limits NFL upside unless he has a growth spurt and you know, eats his Wheaties. But yeah, I mean, he's super fun. He is super, super fun as a player, athletic ability, all that. So I think that's a great call. And someone to at least put on your radar, put on your favorites list, whatever you want. And if you hear he's starting mid-season somehow, because I don't even know Hawaii's depth chart, but it's bad. Um, you know, pick him up, see what happens. Like, it's just good to know these names, even if you don't draft them, so that you can act quickly when news breaks, they're starting, what have you. All right, so moving over, and it wouldn't be a top 10 list of G5 if David wasn't touting some service academy guy. Last year, last year you, you liked the Navy quarterback, um, and this year we're going Air Force running back. So tell us about Jordan Triplett here. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't, what you, he's basically Brad Roberts 2.0. I don't know what to say. They're the same player. <laughs> and by the way, you don't need, if, I don't know if you guys ever watch Brad Roberts highlights. Like he's not even that good of a running back. Like honestly, no, like, he's not. He, yeah. They he's just not like defensive linebackers just get out of place, and there's just huge holes, and he just basically bursts through it, and just all you have to do is be decisive and just break break some tackles, and before you know, it, you have 100 yards and two TDs. So it's just it's a pure production play. Um, he he is a really good. Um, he runs like a four six like Roberts does too. But he's got nearly like a 600 squat, and like he, he is powerful. Um, he's already yeah, 210. He does not break away. <laughs> yeah, but it. it's like who cares? Like so. Yeah, I mean, what do you want me to say? It's the triple option. It's literally in his name. His name is Triplet. It's, it's <laughs> he was born for this. Like that's my selling point. <laughs> All right, I love it. No, I, I do love that you you're not shying away from because you're right. I mean, the service academies have production on the ground. We just care about stats. I don't think it's crazy to, to think about that, but like generally speaking, I'm never going to look towards the service academies, but that's why as a, you know, we're stronger American. as a whole, as a whole unit than individually because we can catch each other's 
you know, uh, biases and whatnot. So, all right. Now moving on to Jack Spradley Demps. Uh, going to North Texas, I just thought this guy was a pretty interesting, bigger receiver, could play on the outside. He hits kind of like the minimum that I'm going to, that I'm going to care about uh, speed wise at 20.6 miles per hour. So, uh, you know, not insane, but certainly good enough that I'm not like worried about it. And then he just seems shifty. He's a bigger guy. I want to say he's like six, one pushing 200. Um, I think he's good in transition. Like when he catches the ball and turns up field, he does it very quickly, which is something I learned to kind of look for, I'm still trying to figure out how to evaluate it exactly, but I know Brian Hartline mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba did that really, really well, and it's something he looks for. And so when I see a guy where that ball just kind of like sucks into his arms and he turns up field quickly and there's just no lost motion, there's no bobbling, there's no hesitation, it's something that jumps out to me. I felt like he kind of had that. Uh, he's going to North Texas. We kind of like that. There's been some good producers in the passing game. And I think he's a bigger player that can probably out-muscle some of the DBs in G5. So I, I really liked him. He kind of jumped out at me. Uh, and he is, you know, pretty highly rated here on this list. Uh, so um, that's Jack Spradley Dems for me. Moving back to Matt, complete the cycle here with two color, the Colorado State stack. Uh, Darius Curry to pair with Jordan Ross. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, so uh, we talked about Darius Curry way back when he committed. I hadn't really uh, looked into him all that much then, but uh, now I, I got to say I'm, I'm pretty high on him. If it weren't for a, uh, a lack of a growth spurt, I think he would probably be committed to a premier P5 program right now because I think he has the ability. Um, he's just 5'10", 185 pounds. Back in 2021, he was offered by Georgia, Michigan, and LSU. And uh, I imagine that list probably would have continued had he not uh, stopped growing. So I think that's really the only reason why he's playing at this level. I think he's very talented. We talked about the Norvell offense earlier. Uh, Carson Strong was extremely productive. And Curry can do that, plus he has legs, actually. So he can run, too. Um, I think he could be a starter by year two, and he'll be a heavy producer for several years. I like that. Nice reconnaissance there, uh, learning about his offers when he was like a just freshman and sophomore. That's pretty, that's pretty nice, says what a lot of teams were thinking about him. Um, all right, moving on to David, who's going to get first crack at Arrington Maiden. I know that Matt has him on his list as well. Um, going to Memphis, which we know is a good producing offense. What do you like about this guy? Yeah, I like the offense. They, they play pretty fast. Um, they throw out a decent amount. I thought he had a pretty good arm. He has a big frame. Um, he's like a – so he only ran for like 150 yards, I think, something like that, um, which isn't – not ideal, but from everything I've seen from like summer, like he's gotten a lot stronger and he looks more like athletic and he's been um, kind of doing real, really well on the 7, 7 v circuit. So – and he's really young for the class too, so I'm just kind of hoping that he's having like a – going to have like a big senior breakout. If he doesn't put up big numbers this year in Texas, like – I'll probably back off him a little bit, but I'm expecting him to have a, a breakout. Okay, and I know Matt likes him too. Anything you want to add real quick since he's on your list, Matt? No, I think David covered everything there. Young, big arm, lots of like there. He does look like he has a big arm, even in that those clips there. All right, so I'm, I works out nicely right along the line here. Number six for me is Brady Kloos. 
who uh, is also going to Memphis. I'm trying to see if we have. Oh, wow, I just realized three, three Memphis players on this list actually: quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. You gotta like, yeah, you gotta like the Memphis offense. So Brady Cluse is a guy who's like 6'3", 180, so pretty decent size. He shows some yak ability. I mean, even right there, uh, you know, making two guys miss, also getting to the outside. And then he does have some long speed. Um, he was a 45-foot, 8-inch triple jump, which is, you know, pretty good. That's well over 50 percentile. I don't have a miles per hour on him, but he looks pretty athletic. And, uh, you know, going to Memphis, he also had well over 50% of his team's market share. He was like the only guy they threw to. I mean, I think he had over a thousand yards and the team had like 2,100. He also had like the vast majority of their touchdowns. I mean, it was very obvious. Like he was the very much the guy in their offense in high school as a junior, we still have senior year to play. So when guys are like dominating, we're talking junior year. So they got a whole nother year. And I just think he's a really interesting guy. Looks pretty athletic. I think he's got some yards up to the catch ability as well. So uh, in that Memphis office, could play the X and potentially be a, pr a pretty nice producer. Moving back over to Matt, you're going to get to take a lap here because we already went over Arrington Maiden. Um, and then go to David for Jamari McClure going to South Alabama, who last year produced a fantastic running back with Damian Webb. Um, and so we know that offense is pretty good and they've been producing a top wide receiver one for the last few years as well. So like that offense can cook. What do you like about McClure here going to South Alabama? Um, I thought he was one of the burst year G5 running backs that I looked at. And I honestly, honestly, I whittled my list down to like four running backs. So he, he was one of the guys that made the cut and he's kind of another guy that I see, uh, on the rise. Like, I think he ran like a four, four, four. And a four four seven at like at least one was at Florida State's camp this this summer. But as far as like burst, I think he also ran in the ten sevens. Um, I thought his change of direction was good. His footwork was good. He caught for over three hundred fifty. Uh, he had over three hundred fifty receiving yards as well. The competition's real bad. You can see he's just fuck, he's just wide open. So it's like whatever. But he can catch. So I mean, he's got a pretty good skill set. And he played at one eighty last year. Um, and I thought his contact balance was good considering he was only 180 and he's up to 190 now. So I'm expecting big production as a senior. Yeah. I like that receiving there and, um, you know, good call on a, a four, four forty at, at a camp. That's, that's always nice. And that'll play in G5 easy. All right. Moving on to Antonio Floyd going to Eastern Michigan, a guy I just really found kind of digging real deep uh, in the last few days, but his tape kind of struck me uh, pretty quickly. And I think Matt said he looked kind of fun too. He's going to Eastern Michigan, which certainly has put up some uh, decent producers in the last few years. Hassan Bedouin, Bedouin was, was really good high volume receiver for them. And so Antonio Floyd comes in, you know, he's definitely an X he's six, three. I think he's listed at like six, three, one eighty or one sixty or one seventy. So he's kind of skinny. But he does look like he can put some moves on guys, win jump balls. Um, and I just thought he looked fluid. He kind of just looks like a good receiver quick enough. Um, not sure if I have a, a miles per hour on him, but I just like the tape. You know, sometimes you just guys, they just look like ball players. I mean, I, I hate to be that simple with it, but he just looked like the part um, pretty quickly, had requisite size. And uh, unless we get a miles per hour that's like, you know, sub 20, I think uh, he'll remain pretty interesting to me. 
All right, Matt, Jalen Washington, we've already so you're gonna you're gonna have to take yeah, another done. lap as we go around. But that's okay. You got a few guys, the first dibs on a few of these guys. And then we'll go to Miles Coleman, North Texas, another North Texas wide receiver. You uh, could take this one be, if you want, Matt. Yeah, Matt, you could do it since you've had uh, two breaks. Yeah, I, I like it. That's fine. I mean, I, right. I think we probably have the same take on him. So Miles Coleman, let me pull up the ta- uh, the, the video here. Uh, another North Texas receiver. So we got two North Texas receivers on our lists. Yeah, so he is uh, – I, I don't have the official listing on me, but I believe he's like 5'5", 150. So – Extremely tiny, you know, pretty much shuts off any NFL upside there immediately. But he's playing 6A Texas ball, and he's extremely, extremely productive. Uh, you know, 1,600 receiving yards, double-digit touchdowns. Uh, doing that Texas 6A, I have very little doubts he can do that playing in the G5. Uh, extremely athletic, too. If you know, He doesn't uh, have an awesome athletic score on our database because it's size-adjusted. But if it were not, I mean, he, he has some very good jumping numbers, speed. Uh, everything's there for him to be uh, pretty productive at North Texas, who uh, should be even better uh, passing spot now. I believe they just brought in uh, Washington State's offensive coordinator, so uh, they you know increased the passing production even more, and uh, there's room to share even even if uh, Jacquez Spradley Demps uh, does pop up, which I, I would prefer Coleman over him at this point. I just think the the production profile is uh, too juicy. Third best in the I mean, class. Yeah. Col- Coleman looks uh, hyper, you know, shifty, all that stuff, which you're going to have to be at 5'5". Five, five. But, you know, I agree with your assessment of he can handle that in the G5. The pipe, see guys I, think like the, that. I think the pipe dream is basically he's like Jakeem Grant in that Eric Morris offense. Like Eric Morris, Eric Morris was the OC at Texas Tech for quite a while. And Jakeem Grant was like the little jitterbug guy that put up big numbers. That's kind of like the pipe dream for him. Okay. I like it. I mean, that's a nice comp to hope for. Um, so moving on to a guy that like, I can't believe David didn't make his top 10. Although I found out after the fact that he definitely likes this guy, Braylon Isom, who's headed to Miami of Ohio, which may have put some cold water on it. Cause you know, they're not an exciting, even though they're in the Mac, they're probably one of the least exciting Mac offenses, at least in the passing game. But like this guy's got legit dunks. He's six, two, he can throw it down. We see the athleticism on the basketball court. And then, you know, he's kind of raw as a receiver, but, like, he's going to play X. He's going to be outside, and he is absolutely going to be able to win uh, contested catches over all sorts of guys in the G5. He's physical. He does have some giddy-up. I think he's got some acceleration. I wouldn't say he's, you know, I don't see a lot of refined ability in and out of breaks and things like that. I would say he's kind of raw as a route runner, but – I'm not that worried about it. And in four games uh, on max preps, we don't have his whole season. But like in four games, he was like almost 70% market share. So, I mean, on his team, he was like the only player that they threw to. Um, and so I, I just think, you know, with what we're working with, he's kind of interesting or he's definitely interesting and headed to uh, Miami of Ohio, where if you're good, I think you're going to get the ball. Like, even if you're not, you know, Going to get 1,800 yards. All right, so moving on to Matt, we'll go back here. Memphis rounding out the trio. We have the quarterback, the receiver, and a running back now, Kamori Harris. What's up with him? And we know Memphis has had a lot of fun running backs over the last decade. Uh, Yeah, he actually just committed uh, this morning, so he was a late addition to my list. I had to bump off 
uh, Jaiwan Boyd, who David will be talking about later. Uh, I, I really like both, though. But Kamori Harris is massive. Uh, I believe six foot, two hundred forty pounds, and uh, oh. he moves pretty good. Uh, he's also I, I've sent them before. He's also a dunker. He has some pretty nice dunks. He do a standing backflip. So uh, extremely well built, extremely athletic guy who is also a very good receiver. You'll see in this clip here. He lining up out in the slot. Yeah, very very thick. Um, <laughs> He kind of he kind of reminds me a lot of like C.J. Donaldson, who you know came in last year's tight end, moved to running back. Uh, I think he kind of fits in that mold where he's just this, you know, very bursty for his size guy who's receiving upside as well. Who can just be you know a grinder, just a total grinder. Uh, he had almost two thousand rushing yards as a sophomore, a little bit less last year, but he also increased his, uh, receiving production. So uh, I, I just really like his profile. Big strong guy who. Uh, could be very productive there in Memphis. That's an interesting profile for sure. I love it. Uh, all right, David, moving on to you. Jiron Waiters going to East Carolina, who, uh, you know, I think there's a theme here. All these offenses are generally pretty fun. G5 offenses that we've seen guys kind of blow up before. So what's up with Jiron Waiters here? Yeah, it feels like East Carolina always has like a good receiver. Um I think real bursty, real good change of direction, just strong after the catch, playmaker type guy. Um, not the most refined route runner at this point, but um, I mean, I just think he's dynamic with the ball in his hands, really, and he's a special teams guy. Um, pretty good. He's, he reports like a 40-inch vertical, um, so he's explosive. And, you know, East Carolina just has like, I think he's probably going to play mostly slot, I would think. Uh, he could probably he looks play some kind of smallish. Yeah, like he's like 5'11, 180, I think. Um, given his quickness and stuff like in, sh in short areas, I think he'll probably be a slot. He could probably play some Z, but uh, you know, maybe he's the next Justin Hardy. I'm just going to keep saying they're the next whatever. <laughs> Zay Jones. Successful player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I love it. That's great. I love East Carolina always. I don't know. I just always dig. I don't know if it's their aesthetic, their colors, their mascot. I just like always like. Carolina They're fun for sure. I fell in love with Keaton Mitchell for the last few years. Um, all right, Micah Alejado is on my list. We've already talked about him. Miles Coleman, North Texas for Matt. We've already talked about him. So David gets back to back here. Jaiwan Boyd going to Troy. Matt gave him a shout out, just fell off Matt's list, but David kept him on. So tell us about this Troy wide receiver. You know, Troy offense, I wouldn't say is one we're like hyped about. Uh, the pass, the, the their years. passing production was pretty good last year. They're actually one of the they're in the right, top so, third outside. So go for it with Jawan Boyd here. Yeah, I mean this is kind of a similar story to Jairon, honestly. Like another dynamic guy with the ball in his hands. He he's definitely a dog. Like he plays very very physically. Uh, he's gonna break a lot of tackles. He's you know I, you're not gonna like that, Alfred. He just ran into the DB, but. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. He's, he's still made up for it. He's a, he's a, he's a playmaker. So yeah, I would kind of agree. Like Troy isn't like the most exciting offense. I think you're hoping to like at his peak, you're hoping to like squeeze out like 800, 900 yards and like 18 or something like that. But uh, I don't know. I like to save quite a bit and um, I think he's dynamic. Yeah, I always like those. Um, I've actually come to really appreciate the secondary clips when guys are 
and you can see their change of direction and kind of attacking the ball. I really, you know, that's something that does strike me that he did that on that interception there. So, um, yeah, man, I, I definitely would defer to you uh, more than my taste. So Jerome Boyd's on my list. Uh, all right. So then moving on finally to Marcellus Tate, who uh, David did say was close for him. I think this guy's one of the more dangerous runners in uh, of the G5 QBs I looked at. The arm is a little sus, but his release and stuff is pretty cool. And maybe we can get a little bit more out of that arm eventually. It is kind of a noodle. But going to USF and, you know, just the running upside on a guy like this is very interesting. When I'm looking at G5, you know, I'm primarily worried about dual threat. And he absolutely produces that. Look at, I mean, the jukes all up and down the field right there and, a, and a leveling the guy into the end zone. Um, and I think the arm could be good enough, at least for G5. And we'll see what happens. Sometimes these guys can develop a little bit on their arm strength. Um, but, you know, that would be cherry on top. I think I'm mostly looking at this guy for a dangerous rushing ability and the potential to, ha- to be a very difference maker. You know, we looked, we just watched Mikhail Cunningham um, – just destroy uh, really the ACC even with, with a horrible arm for the most part, but just absolutely disgusting as a runner. And, you know, you've got this guy here. He's, he's also kind of bigger, which I liked, like listed 6'2", 185, I believe. So he's not one of these very small dynamic runners. He's like big enough. Um, and so I liked Marcellus Tate to put in there coming out my top 10 G5 guys um, here. So that does it. Um, I think we went through it pretty quickly, as quickly as we possibly could with all these different players. We gave you plenty of names to think about. And then um, I'm going to take off this list here and just kind of move to a final screen. And there's two big commits I think we should talk about. Uh, number one, Mike Matthews, who is on someone. One of you guys kind of like him, right? He's going to we Tennessee. Uh, and he was a, a riser, I think, between uh, the two mock drafts that we did. And he kind of got drafted higher, I believe, in the second mock draft. Now he's going to Tennessee. What do you guys think? Uh, obviously, that's become kind of an offensive haven. Uh, you can take this one, David. I'll, I'll talk about Tatum. Yeah, so I, I bet he's probably one of the best basketball players in this class. Um, really explosive athlete, plays above the rim, Got has like three minutes of dunk, just straight up dunks, but um, he's just one of the most coordinated in this class, I think as well. So it's just like body control, uh, a verified four, four, five, 40. Um, when you go to Tennessee, you don't have to be a, a really good route runner. Honestly, it's just, they just spread it out and you're getting a lot of, um, one-on-one or scheme stuff. So it's just like, it's just the perfect spot for him. He's got good ball skills. Like I, I could, I could see him putting up, even if you don't love him, like say you think he's like too, like two rods, a route runner or whatever, like you can still draft him and just his stock is going to go up. I I think he's going to put up big numbers and you can just sell him around draft, like the NFL draft time. If you really, if you don't believe in his like long-term value in the NFL. I think that's a good take. All right, Matt, just for the sake of time here, we can wrap it up talking about Taylor Tatum, who I think was thought to go to Michigan for a lot of the cycle. Um, No, it came down to USC and, uh, was it okay? I for some reason in my head I thought I thought Michigan, but anyway, wound up going uh, committed now to Oklahoma, which is a stacked running back room. But do you still see a path here, or is that does that kind of water it down for you? Uh, yeah, it really kind of kills. Uh, I mean, I wasn't crazy high on him anyway, but he was you know 
peeking into my top five running backs. Definitely not making it now. Um, I do think he has NFL upside, but yeah, they, they've got so many backs there. Now. I mean, last year's class, they got Hicks, Smothers, before that, Javante Barnes and Sawchuck. Uh, I, I'm not waiting, you know, three years for production on him because I don't think his NFL upside is that great. I, I've been copying him to like a Miles Sanders type. So, uh, you know, there is NFL upside there, but I just don't think he's, you know, ever a workhorse back or someone that's really going to be that productive on your NFL squad. And I'm not waiting three years for that uh, production. At home. It's just not worth it for me. Yeah. So he, he will probably, he still makes my tier two, but he's probably going to get drafted. Uh, but, you know, I will never get him in a draft. People will take him ahead of me. Most people will take him before because I think he's like the number one on most lists and things like that. Um, I agree. It's tough. Oklahoma's – we know they got two good backs last year who have already done it on the field. We kind of liked Caleb Hicks this year, and they took another running back. So they've got four, you know, backs that we think are at least decent in that room. And then he's coming in as an underclassman. So it, you're right. I mean, I think it could be two years before you're feeling comfortable starting him. Of course, barring injury. I mean, maybe in his freshman year, three guys get injured and he's the starter, but we're not really banking on that when we're drafting him as a freshman. So um, yeah, I think those are good take. Those are two five-star commitments. Those were two pretty big deals uh, over the last like week to two weeks. I think we didn't do any last week um, commitment wise. So all right, well, that is the official for this week. G5 galore. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will be back next week. As always, this has been the official.